Thursday. And I said, hey, Brother Ron, I didn't know if you had somebody to sing yet. If you don't, I'm available. And his words were, actually, I was wondering if Miss Jenna could do something. <laughs> Uh, he didn't mean it like it sounded, but, uh, but uh, and, and of course, I, I sang this morning. But thank you, Jenna. I, I, uh, as soon as Brother Ron said that, I, I knew there was a song that went along with what I wanted to say tonight. We're almost home. And let me just make something clear. Where home is for the Christian? It's not here. It's not on this earth. It's in heaven. And, uh, and, and I love the line in that song where... It says, that simply because of Jesus in us, it's not if, it's when. Talking about our victory. Amen, I love that. Turn with me tonight to the book of Genesis, chapter 45, and verse number 24. Forty-five, and verse 24, read, read this one verse. Let me, let me just say, this verse is talking about Joseph. It's the story of Joseph and, uh, and, and his brothers. It says, so he, meaning Joseph, sent his brethren away, and they departed. And he said unto them, see that you fall not out by the way. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. I, I, I thank you for um, just all the... Man, just the, the, the good spirit that, that I already feel. Uh, I, I was so blessed to see all of the children and the grandchildren um, just honor their fathers this morning in that video. Uh, brings, brings you to tears just to think about all the good that has been done in this church um, when, when it comes to fathers and mothers, but, uh, but celebrating fathers and, and what they... Uh, have instilled in their children. And I'm thankful for each and every one of them that are here tonight, Lord. Uh, and thankful to you. What a great honor and privilege that it is to be a father. And, uh, and I'm thankful that you have found me worthy um, to, to uh, just take on this monumental task of raising, uh, you know, I, I'm not naive. These are your children. Um, and, and Lord, I, I know that, uh, that, that it is such a great honor that I get to be their earthly fathers, uh, their earthly father, and, and all these other fathers here tonight would say the same thing. Lord, I pray that tonight you continue with the lovely spirit that I feel tonight, Lord, and you continue it on with this message, and that it'll be received in the right spirit, and that we'll take it away from it what we need to, what you want us to take from it. We love you in your son's name. Amen. Uh, let, let me just say, I, I believe that uh, my dad is maybe watching tonight or is going to um, on, on Facebook. And so what, a, what an honor and a privilege. And just I know that some of us you can't uh, identify, but, but I get to share something with my dad. That is a call on my life to be a pastor, uh, to be, to be a, a, a preacher. And and, you know, when me and, when me and my dad get together, that's, his, that's the first thing that he'll ask me and I ask him. What did you preach on last week? 
Uh, and, and it's just, it is, I love it. I love that the Lord has, has done that for me and him, you know, in, in that way. And it's, it's a great relationship. Dad, thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. Um, I, I, I want to take two thoughts tonight. And, uh, and I hope that they will marry and, 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 and just, you know, blend together perfectly for you like they have in my heart and in my mind. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will do that for you tonight, just like he has done that for me. I, I, I asked Miss Jenna to do that song because it went along perfectly with what I wanted to say tonight. We're almost home. I feel it. I, I can sense it in my spirit, whether it be uh, uh, through, through death or whether it be because Jesus Christ is almost here. Uh, let me say to you again, we are almost home. And I don't know if you noticed in this verse, but, uh, but, uh, but Joseph says to his brothers as they're going back home to get their father and bring him back to Egypt. Here's what he says to them. Don't fall out by the way. Don't fall out by the way. Joseph had been bullied. He had been hated by his brothers. They captured him. They threw him in a hole in a pit so that he could, for him to die there. They, sold, they eventually sold him into slavery. He was bought and put into Potiphar's house when he was wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife and was put into prison. And after years in prison, he was let out and, and quite literally saved the whole nation of Egypt because God used him in a great and mighty way. And now he finds himself as second in command only under Pharaoh in all of Egypt, by the way, just like God told him would happen. And here are his brothers. Joseph now has an opportunity, hear me, Joseph now, at this point, this is, this is the conclusion of the story. Uh, Joseph, at this point now, has an opportunity to get back everything that had been taken from him. Think about it. What was, I think that the, that the most precious thing to Joseph that had been taken from him was his father. You, because whenever, whenever Joseph reveals to his brothers who he is... They don't recognize him. Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. The first thing that Joseph says whenever he reveals himself to his brothers is what? How is our father? Is he still alive? Joseph realizes that he now has an opportunity through reconciliation with his brothers, through a restored relationship with his brothers, through forgiveness... Him forgiving his brothers, he is about to get back everything that he has lost. He's about to see his father again. And he knows the one thing that could ruin it is if his brothers fall out by the way. What does that mean? What is Joseph saying? Don't fight and don't quarrel on the way. Church, we are almost home. Let us not now fall out by the way. We are almost home. We are about to cross the finish line. Let us not now as a family, as a church, fall out by the way. I see a great correlation between this story and to us today. Because like Joseph, 
we're almost home. Like Joseph, we have everything in front of us. And, 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 and he, again, Joseph was about to, to get back everything that he had lost. And he couldn't deal with, he couldn't uh, uh, live with all of it being taken because there was a falling out by his brothers. I want to deal with tonight the why in the story. Why did Joseph leave his brothers with this plea, with this command, with, 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 this, with this in mind? Why did it cross Joseph's mind that they might get into a fight, that they might fall out by the way? Why was it a cause of concern for Joseph so much so that he said that this is, this is the last thing that he says to his brothers before they leave? And, and, and by connection, why is this on my heart and mind tonight? Let me, let me tell you this. Joseph, this was on Joseph's mind. Be, and, and this was a concern for Joseph, number one, because Joseph knew them. Think about it. Joseph knew these brothers. He, you don't go through what Joseph went through in his younger life, being hated, being bullied, be, being uh, uh, just treated the way that he was because they were so jealous of him. Remember the story of the, the coat of many colors. Joseph's father favored Joseph. God had told Joseph that he had great plans for his life to the, to the point that his brothers would bow down to him at some point. They hated him. And they raked him through the coals, if you will. You don't go through something like that and not remember it. Joseph knew him. He was concerned because he knew these guys. I believe he was concerned because if, if you look back earlier in this, this uh, uh, conversation that, he, that he's having with his brothers, uh, it's actually the first time that they, that they come to Egypt looking for food. Here, here's what happened. Joseph recognizes them. They don't recognize him, though. And he begins to talk to them, and he says, You're spies. You're spies. And he says, I'm going to put you in prison. And, here, and here's what Reuben, one of his brothers, says. Uh, or, or all of them really are saying this. This trouble is coming upon us because of what we did to our brother. Talking about Joseph. And Reuben chimes in. Because if you remember Reuben's part in this whole thing, they, they saw Joseph coming, the brothers did, and they said, let's kill him. And Reuben said, don't shed any blood. So now what is Reuben getting an opportunity to do? And don't sit here and lie to me. Each and every one of you have done it in your lifetime. He said, I told you so. I told you so. This trouble is coming upon us because of what we did to our brother all those years ago. And Reuben is saying, I told you so. We shouldn't have done anything to him. I told you so. I think Joseph heard this. I think Joseph was worried that while they were on their way back, again, Joseph at this point, he's almost home. Talking about he almost has everything back that he has lost. He's about to see his father again. And the only thing that will ruin it is if his brothers get in a fight on the way. And he's already seen Reuben and this and, and, and this, I, I told you so, and I believe he's worried because he knows their tempers. He knows the blame game that is going to go on, and he is afraid that something is going to happen that is going to prevent him from getting back what he has lost, mainly, again, his, his father. Why am I concerned tonight? 
about us. You say, Brother Drew, what's the connection to us? What are you saying? Well, let me just tell you this. I know us. And I include myself in this. Hear me tonight. But I know us. Turn to James chapter 4, verse number 1. James chapter 4 and verse number 1. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Why do I say this tonight? Why do I bring this up tonight? Because I know us. And, I, and as James said, the fighting and the warring that goes on among us, it comes from that battle, that war that is going on inside of each and every one of us. There is a new nature and there is an old nature and they are fighting. There is a spirit of God, but there is a sin nature, that old man and that new man, and they are fighting. And let me tell you something. One of us gets in the flesh. Hear me. One of us gets in the flesh and there's problems. There's fights. There's wars. I, 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 I don't want us to get to be this Close Again, I feel it in my spirit. We are almost home. I don't want us to get to that, to this point now and to have a falling out among one another. I know us. I know what the Bible says. I know that there's a possibility that this can happen when we get in the flesh. When we're in the spirit, we are different people. Hear me. You know, if you, if you have been aware enough in your life of when you're in the spirit, those moments, and when you're in the flesh, those moments, we are different people. Because there's, there's a battle that is going on inside of us and, and either the flesh is winning or God's spirit inside of us is winning. And we handle everything differently based on one of those two things, if we're in the spirit or if we're in the flesh. I know us. I know this. I know that there are different personalities. They say there's type A and B. I believe there's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Uh, uh, I, there are so many different personality types that are represented in one given body, in one given church. And you take someone being in the flesh, and you take a difference between this personality and that personality, and what happens? Fighting and warring. Philippians, the end of the book of Philippians, Paul is addressing two women, Eudius uh, and Sintica. And Paul says, I beseech them, he said, to get along. That's what he's saying. Get along. And then he goes on to say in the next verse, he says, and the rest of you help these two to get along. When you, and by the way, I loved what one author pointed out about this. He said, the Philippian church had its charter members that, that included a rich businesswoman, an ex-slave girl who had been demon-possessed, and a hardened jailer. You're bound to have some differences and disagreements. <laughs> but you read the whole book of Philippians. Read chapters 1, 2, and 3. And let me just point out one thing that it says in, in, in chapter number 2. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And then he says that uh, uh, he was made of no reputation. 
He was a servant. He was obedient to death, even the death on the cross. I believe that Paul writes, or at least, let me say this, you can at least make a strong argument, that Paul says what he says in chapters 1, 2, and 3. So that he can properly deal with what is going on in chapter 4, verse number 2. Between this fight between these two ladies. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Yes, there's differences of personalities. But when all of us have the same mind of Christ. And we're all in the spirit and not in the flesh then those differences, they are highlighted. They, they, are, they are beautiful. They work together just like a functioning body should do. But when we don't have the mind of Christ, and we're not servant-minded, and, and, and when, we, when we are in the flesh rather than in the spirit, these differences, they are magnified. And they cause what? They can cause fighting and warring. I know us. Number two, Joseph knew the journey. He knew what was, about, what, was, what, what was about to lie ahead for these men as they traveled from Egypt back home. They, this wasn't a three and a half hour plane ride that they were about to take. Or this wasn't even a 17 hour car ride that they, that they had, uh, had ahead of them. You're talking days and days and days of a journey on foot or on animal. You want to talk about dangerous First of all, it's a desert. It's a wilderness. It's a desert. And so, you know, you have to be concerned about food. And by the way, you want to know why the brothers are in Egypt in the first place? There's a famine. There's no food. There's no water. You're in a desert. There's wild animals. Guys, we live in a... Do you understand something? Today's world is a tame compared to what our ancestors dealt with, uh, uh, especially this many years ago. They, they, there, was, there was dangerous animals. And, and, and by the way, I'm not saying that, that, that it's safe now. Uh, uh, anybody ever been out in the woods and, and come up on a copperhead or a rattlesnake? Listen, this, it's not safe by any means now. Imagine what kind of dangers these brothers were about to face. What about the thieves? What about... What, what about the that we, that we read about in history? Well, from what I can tell, if you ever got outside of, uh, of the city walls in the, in the ancient world, the city walls, you were setting yourself up for some, for some, uh, uh, for some dangerous situation. Thugs, thieves, they were about to make this journey. And Joseph knew how dangerous it was going to be. Do you want to know what else he knew? He, he knew that because of all these things, the stress that was going to be on these brothers because of the journey and because of how dangerous it was and because of the nature of it, it's a long, hot, you're walking or you're on some stinking animal, it's, you're going to get stressed out. It's going to put an edge on anybody. And that kind of stress can lead to what? Fighting, warring. They would have been tired beyond belief, these brothers. Tired beyond belief. And don't forget what, what Joseph had just witnessed not long before that. I told you so. The stress, the fatigue, 
from everything that's going on. There's fractions that can happen. There's fighting and warring that can take place. Joseph knew this. Listen, I know the journey that is ahead of each and every one of us and the journey that we've been on, by the way. I preached a couple of weeks ago to the youth that if you accepted Jesus Christ on these pretenses, that when you accept Jesus Christ, you will be healthy, wealthy, and prosperous. You were lied to. You were outright lied to. Here's what we can expect when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Pick up your cross daily and follow Him. The, the attacks that take place from the enemy are relentless in the Christian. And, and if it's not the devil that's attacking, it's, the, it's God Himself who is putting us through trials, putting us through tribulations so that He can grow us, so that He can mature us, so that He can, he can burn off and melt down some of the impurities in, in, in our life and make us more patient, let patience have her perfect work. But all I'm trying to say is, I know the truth about the Christian life. It's hard. It's hard. There's nothing easy about it. It's hard. I know that our current circumstance is, it's unprecedented, is the word that I, that I keep using. Unless you were alive during the Spanish flu of like 1918, then none of us have ever been through something like this before. It's unprecedented. I've always had a, a, a God-given ability. And I'm not bragging on myself. Please hear me. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just trying to make a point. But I've always had this God-given ability that, that I could see someone who is angry at me, criticizing me, cussing at me, and, 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 and just tearing me down any way they know how to. And I've always had the ability to look through that and say, what's going on in their life? What's causing this? Because I don't really think anybody hates me that much. Maybe. I don't know. But I choose to believe that it's not, not that. But you see that there's something, okay, the, the, there's, there's, there's this going on in our life. Their, their, their kids are, 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 are uh, just putting them through through the, the, the ringer. Okay, they, they, they lost their job. Okay, you know, and I've always had, and you know what that does? That, that, that helps us to forgive people. It helps us to, uh, uh, to, to not take things so personally. I'm not saying I'm perfect at that part of it, but, but, uh, but, but think about right now what we're, what we're going through. There, there's a virus, and, and this virus has literally put our lives in limbo. We don't know if, the, you know, we've been, we've been sort of told that there won't be another lockdown or anything, but we don't know that that's the case. We, we could all be back in our homes again like we were not too many weeks and months ago, and our jobs are in limbo, and, and our health is in limbo. It's a stressful time. And then you talk about the political unrest that is present in our world and in our country. This is a stressful scary, tiresome time. And just like Joseph's brothers, when we get tired, when we get stressed, when we're afraid, what is there a danger of? Fighting 
and warring among one another. Number three, Joseph knew the devastating consequences of a fallout. Let me play the what if game with us for a minute. I'm not, I, I'm not saying that this is true because it's not, but what if? What if Joseph's brothers left Joseph from Egypt, set out on their journey, and there, 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 was, there was a fight? Maybe it was Reuben. Maybe, maybe there, was some, there was some hard feelings and some fractions in relationships that were caused by the blame game and the I told you so's. Maybe they're stressed and they're tired and, and it's dangerous and, and on and on and on. And let's say that they get in a fight. And let's say that that fight isn't just a, you know, a, 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 a squabble. Let's say that it gets bloody and there's, there, there's lives that are lost. Let's say all the lives are lost. No one gets back to Joseph's father to tell him that Joseph is alive. To bring him to Egypt so that he can see Joseph, there's too much at stake for Joseph. He knows what the consequences. And, and by the way, you say, well, that's pretty far-fetched, Brother Drew. Is it really? You ever, you ever heard of Cain and Abel, sibling rivalry? Is it really that far-fetched that they could have gotten so mad at each other that they could have the the the, the environment of uh, you know the stress and everything else could have gotten such that they murdered one another i don't think it's that far-fetched joseph i believe didn't think that way either i think he thought there was a great chance because again he knew them i think he knew that there was a great chance that this would happen and there was too much at stake remember he was almost home referring to the fact that he almost had everything back that he had lost he was about to see his father again, and he could not risk a falling out among his brothers. Guys, I know the, fall, the consequences of a fallout among us. I know what that would be. It would be relationships that would be lost, ruined, possibly never to be repaired again. You, 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 ever, you ever seen somebody that... Maybe it's a disease or maybe it was an accident or what, but their bodies are just broken. What are we? We are a body of Christ, right? Fighting and warring among us can break the body, possibly even kill the body. Reputations and testimonies. Guys, the community knows when a church fights. A community knows. And it kills our witness. It kills our testimony. And worse than that, it puts, it puts a bad name, or it creates a bad name for Jesus Christ who we represent. I, I pastored a church in Missouri and I remember I'd go out and I'd knock on doors and I'd, tell, I'd be in the community and I'd tell people who I was and where I pastored at. And every single time there would be a, a look. No one could tell me what happened. But something had happened and that church has passed. And, and it was the type of thing where, again, no one that I was talking to was even old enough to remember what happened. But they had a grandpa or they had a dad or they had someone who told them don't go to that church. Don't, don't trust that church. The 
community knows, and reputations are damaged. Testimonies are damaged. Why do I preach this message? Is it because I have some kind of inside information? No, I have a spirit of concern. That's all. I know us. I know what we're going through right now. I know the journey, and I know the consequences of fighting and warring, what that would be in a, in a family. In the, in, 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 the, in the sense that Joseph was almost home, we too are almost home. Let us not get this close. Again, I believe we're there. I believe that Jesus could come at any moment. And how terrible would it be that as a church we would have to limp across the finish line because we let ourselves get stressed, we let ourselves get into the flesh and there began to be murmuring and fighting and gossiping about one another and there's hard feelings and there's and there's there's hurt feelings and there's all these things and eventually there's there's a there's a blow up there's a fallout we're almost home think about this the the letters that Jesus wrote to the churches in the book of Revelation and I'll end with this please hear my heart tonight please do not let our letter have to read something like this this one thing I have against you. You gossiped, you fought, you murmured. You harbored hard feelings against one another. This I have against you. That let, us, let, us not, uh, let that not be true of us. Let us recognize, as I have tried to point out, the obvious danger of a fallout. Because we're human. Because it's a stressful time right now let alone a virus. Some of us are just going through stressful times and and, then all of this can lead to what? It can lead to fighting and warring and fallouts. And we're almost home. What what was the song saying? Just hang on. Just hang on. We're almost, keep pressing on. We're almost home. I don't I don't know what the response tonight needs to be talking about an invitation but maybe it's not coming to an altar. Maybe it's going to somebody in this room right now putting your arms around their neck and saying for years there's been something between us and I don't want it there anymore and I'm sorry. I I I I don't know but maybe that's the kind of response that needs to happen tonight again I'm not preaching from a place of privilege where I know things I'm only preaching from a place of concern and love I don't want to see that happen here I I want I, I want us to finish as a church I want us to finish well and finish strong and to be not a broken body that's limping across the finish line but a body of Christ that is celebrating hands in the air all the way all the way to heaven amen loving one another as best as we can. None of us are perfect. Listen, there may be somebody that needs to, in in this invitation, they need to come find me because I have hurt their feelings. I have done something that's offended them. I'm not perfect. I'm not standing here trying to say that I am. If that is true, come and get me because I don't want that. I don't want hard feelings. I don't want anything like that. I want there to be uh, such peace and, and love 
and, and such a family atmosphere here that when Christ talks about First Baptist Church Stillwell, he says, well done. Well done. You loved one another as best as you could. Well done. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you. I, I do pray that tonight pride can be put aside because pride will keep us from doing what possibly needs to be done tonight. Going to someone and saying, I have, there's been something between us and I don't want it to be there anymore. Pride will be what keeps us from doing that. Let us not be prideful tonight. Lord, if there's, if there's reconciliation that needs to take place here tonight, I pray that you will do that. With no hard feelings, no, no animosity, nothing like that. Just, just, just relationships being strengthened, relationships being stored, uh, uh, restored, uh, whatever needs to be done. Lord, again, I don't know what needs to be done, but you do. So, Lord, move and work in this place tonight, whatever needs to be done. In your son's name, amen.